Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, boys and girls. It's time for the Coffin Joe cast. The only show where pointing to your didgeridoo is not only encouraged, it's expected. So crack open another BB and throw some shrimp on the Barbie. Welcome to Australia. It's sexy time. G'day and welcome to the Coffin Joe cast. I am Killer Wilbur. I'm Joel. And returning once again, our favourite uh, parenting podcaster, Justin. How's it going, guys? All right, mate. How you doing? I'm not too shabby. It's been a decent day so far. Yeah, it's good. What do you think of the new intro? I, I like it. it. It it caught me off guard. Um I almost I had a look at my uh my podcast player the other day when I first heard it like am I listening to the right one? I'm like oh nope that's it. It's right. Then I heard didgeridoo. I'm like okay yeah, I got the right one. No, but I like it a lot. Yep. Uh, as we said, new year, new intro. Moving it along as we get a bit more professional at this show. Well, very very I small. Having, I thought, I thought about having Scott sing an old anxiety for the intro, but you know, just yeah, well. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, no. <laughs> that episode was awesome. I, I I can't say that I'm going to beat that performance, but I'll I'll do what I can. So, <laughs> well, you should have started drinking two hours ago if you wanted to beat it. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that I had my three kids running around like crazy here, I probably would have. But I don't have that kind of. Unfortunately, when you have kids like that, you can't just get blottoed and pass out. Boo. Uh, I, I, I think you mispronounced 10 hours, Killa. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, I, some people uh, are responsible adults and don't get blood around their kids, but some do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I make an, I, basically I make an active effort that I don't do it all the time with my children. I do, every once in a while, like we had a big New Year's Eve party, but it was a parent-centric New Year's Eve party. So all the guests that came over, they all had kids too. So we had are the playroom upstairs set up for them. Let them all, let all the kids go to town, and then we sat down and played cards against humanity, and you know drank ourselves. And then everybody, anybody who was drinking, either had either stayed the night or they had a DD. Um, so once in a while was fine. But I, when I growing up in my my younger years, my dad for a short period of time had a problem when he was in the military with getting too drunk. Um, and he got a little out of hand a few times, never like abusive or beating or anything like that, but it was just, he was just kind of like that, just that wild kind of like crazy, just not the same person that's normally your dad. And finally, right. um, somebody was, uh, had a camcorder out one night and got uh, some video of him and so the stuff he was doing. And it turns out he was getting blackout drunk and didn't remember it. And they showed it back to him and he was so fucking embarrassed. And he's like, never again. So he, he still enjoys, you know, his alcohol and whatnot, but he refuses to actually get like that. And but having experienced that myself, I knew what it felt like to. It's just that because as a kid, you don't really understand why they are acting the way they are, and you can tell it's like it's not it's not your father or it's not your mother or whatever. But at the same time, you're physically looking at them, and it is. So it kind of messes with your head a little bit. So 
I try not to, you know, get like that too hard in front of the kids. Or if I am going to, you know, get a little drunk, I explain to them first what's going on. And if they have any problems, they're, they know they're more than welcome to come talk to me about it. So, yeah. See, and I just don't. I somewhere in my life, I ma- magically became the permanent DD. It was unintentional yeah. and I don't know how it happened, but it wasn't any conscious decision. It wasn't like I, I, I mean, I have a history of alcoholism in my family, not with me specifically, but. Mm-hmm. You know, my my father was and and my adopted father was. And so I grew up with it in a lot of ways. And my brother is was I don't know if he if he wasn't, I would be surprised. But um, somewhere along the line, I just I lost a taste for it. Like occasionally I'll have a drink, I'll have a shot, I'll have a beer, you know, whatever. One one. And that's it. I don't think I've had more than two drinks in, I don't know, almost a decade. And on New Year's Eve this year, I had. Well, I take that back. Last New Year's Eve, I had two shots, but this year I had one shot, and it it, it, it I felt it, and I just was like, I, I I don't care for it anymore. So I, that was it, and of course I was DD once again. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean having kids that that definitely changes it, and that I don't think is my reasoning behind it, but I think just knowing them, I don't want to be that guy, you know. Yeah, so. and the, the, it's, it may sound weird to some people, but the other part I have too is that while I don't really get hung over the next day, I'm not like 100%. I'm, I'm not exactly motivated to move if I really, you know, tie one on the night before. And I don't like the, I feel almost like a slack ass for the stuff that I don't get done during the time that I'm recovering. And so it makes me, it, that alone makes me feel bad enough that I don't want to do it. So I'll have a, even, on a weekly basis, I'll have a beer once or twice, you know, maybe sometimes three times a week. But as far as actually like getting drunk or getting really, you know, just out of control, it, in fact, New Year's Eve was the first time. And as long as I can remember that we actually did that and my wife got way messed up, but I purposely let her do that cut loose because work's been real hellish for her lately. And so I, I, you know, held myself back to make sure there was somebody that was sober enough to take care of the kids and something went wrong. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I don't mind it, but I don't I don't seem to like thrive on it or enjoy it as some pe- some people do, and I'm not judging them or anything. It's just not my thing. Yeah, one of my favorite memories is my mum getting drunk. I'd never seen her drunk most of my <laughs> life. Well, she's never drunk, right? And she's very uptight sort of a person. Like, and then the first time I ever saw her drunk, it just it was so funny because she just couldn't stop laughing, and everything was funny to her. And it was the first time I ever saw my mum drunk. It would have been about twelve or thirteen, I suppose. I can't remember. But it was um, it was a family do. Might have been Christmas or something. It was at my um, my grandfather's place. So um, of course we had to stay the night, and I ended up sleeping in the back of a car because there was no room inside. Mum and Dad got one bed. My brother's got another bed, and poor old Graham here. So, and we'll just Aww. shove you in the back of the station wagon. You can sleep there. We'll give you a blanket and a pillow, but. <laughs> Watch out for the dingoes. No, the drop bears, mate. We got dingoes are fine. They're my pets. <laughs> but yeah, it was the first time I ever saw Mum drunk, and I've seen her a few times over the years, you know, on very rare occasions. But as soon as my mum gets drunk, she becomes all giggly and everything, you know. And it's nice to see my mum like that when she's so uptight, you know, all that mm-hmm. tension and everything. Just she doesn't care. And but yeah. My dad, you well, know, I remember, always seen dad oh, drink. So, you know, dad drinks all the time. And then I've seen him, like, have a tie one on. And, yeah, the next day, you're not allowed to go near dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's sleeping. <laughs> Dad's hungover. Um, well, I remember my mom used to always go over, like, we lived, um, we had neighbors on either side that we were friends with, like, the whole family. Uh, we're friends with uh, the whole family next door on one side and the whole family next door on the other side. 
And it was a single mom with her two kids. And my mom used to, that was like her best friend. And they used to get together every other night or so. And they, you know, they drink coffee and talk and that maybe two hours a night on average. And so I'd go over and, and she had two girls and we'd play. And so from the time I was basically born until the time I left for college, I mean, they were there and we used to hang out all the time. So what I never realized initially was that my mom and, and her would be drinking coffee, but they'd be putting Kahlua in their coffee. And <laughs> I never realized until like, I don't know, like I was 12 or 13. My mom's like, well, let's go over. I'm going to go over and have Kahlua and coffee with Karen. And I'm like, wait, what? And I realized that the whole time they've been sitting there drinking literally, you know, coffee and alcohol. And I never once noticed anything with it. So they must have kept it under check. But, you know, they're, they're literally like we could walk. It was maybe 50 feet from our back door to their back door. So, you know, it was never a big deal and it was all covered. And so I don't know. But it's funny when you look back on it. And my dad, I always he was always drinking. There were cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon all over the place all the time, all the time. Yeah, when my when my dad was in the military, we lived on a base for a period of time, and it, it's basically like one giant apartment complex. You've got these various sections where, like, in one area they'll have townhouses, and in one area they'll have actual apartments, and in another area they'll have like houses. And really, your ranking and and seniority and a few other things can dictate where you get to live. And we ended up in the townhouses, and they were laid out basically in a big U shape. There was three buildings in a giant U, um, and these were all kind of stacked around each other. And so we had a lot of friends, or my, I should say my parents had a lot of friends around that area. And so basically once a week on Friday or Saturday, depending on how the schedules went, they would choose, okay, this this week it's the Albrecht house, or this week it's so-and-so's house, whatever. And we will, um, and they would have a bar- big-ass barbecue. Somebody would you know supply the food. Somebody would pl- supply the beer. And they would just cut loose and have a good time. And, I mean, I don't fault them for it because it, the military's got – I remember with my dad, it was, it was a pretty stressful existence at the times. And especially since we were – he was active during the Gulf War. Um, so I, I – but I also I, – I always remember like all the wild parties they had and the fun times we had as kids with all playing with all our friends and staying up super late. And it was the one time a week we got to do it. It was kind of a special treat. But on the flip side, I also remember my dad, even though he did cut loose and get wild like that, he was still a very responsible person. He was the first person up the next morning. He was making breakfast. Um, when it came time to go back to work, he was there and never used it being hungover as an excuse. So in some ways, you know, I, there's some things about it that I didn't necessarily like, but there's other parts about it that I really respect and I appreciate seeing because it showed me. It, through him how to you know understand that even though you might do these things or make these decisions you still have to buck up and and handle your life too you can't just let that overrun one or the other he was fairly decent about balancing it so i do appreciate being able to witness that and see it that hey yeah you can cut loose and party but at the same time monday morning comes or sunday or whatever day it is you go back to work you've got responsibilities you can't fuck off on them just because you got drunk yeah right well, that's the way it should be you know yeah, exactly if you can um what they say, handle your high, you know, why Why shouldn't someone go out and enjoy themselves as long as they can still go and live the rest, you know, rest of the week, rest of, you know, the, the responsibilities you have in life don't um, get superseded by you trying to have a good time, so. Exactly, yeah. Then that's when it becomes a problem. You know, and I don't <laughs> remember ever either talking about or seeing my parents um, do anything more than, than drink, and... uh I'm, I'm trying to remember if it even ever came up really until my brother 
had an instance later on when he was older, almost 18. But yeah, I don't remember that ever being a thing. I think my dad had a, I remember he had a poster down in the basement that he showed me at one point in my life. I don't remember where, how old I was, but it was like a, an old, like, um, I don't know if it was used by the police, but it was like a drug chart. And I wish I had it because it had like pictures of all the different pills and, and marijuana and stuff on it. It had labels and what it was called and the street names for it and everything. And man, that would be awesome to have it hang up on the wall somewhere now. Um, yeah. But, you know, like the dangers of drugs or whatever. And um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got here, but nice way to oh, start the show. We can thank Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it'll come Scott from Scott. Downhill from there. forgot. <laughs> And the lyrics, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Scott. We miss you. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I was like, no, not again. <laughs> that's all right. I'm drinking water, and that's it. I'm straight. I'm drinking uh, something, I'm, too. It starts with W, but that's something different. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the fireball in the uh, Angry Orchard, so... Well, I guess in the DD yet again. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. So if the podcast goes too sideways, Joel, it's your job to bring it back into into focus. Uh, it's always Joel's job to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What was that when um was it the uh it, I think it was when Kevin came on and I think Joel couldn't make it and it went it went really oh, out of control yeah, the, and you just kept saying over and over again, Joel, you can't leave me. Don't ever do this again. Yeah, we had. I, I'm so lost. <laughs> it was Goof. Goof was supposed to be on. That's we was, we yeah. scheduled Goof and then Joel couldn't make it, so Kevin jumped aboard as well and it just went. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. the hope for humanity happened. Yeah, I was going to say Dude, the other right. one. Well, Kevin's one was worse, but with no hope with for humanity, guys. Uh, Harry Trucker and um, Evan. Evan, I nearly said Kevin. <laughs> That's why I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that was more that I I was just not in my game that day, and it was like Joel usually picks up the pace. You know, if I go quiet, I've got Joel to speak. And so, but definitely got to get, get that, those guys back on with you. They missed you. They were looking forward to having a chat with you. So. Uh, another time. That's yep. what we have the rotation for. Yep. Speaking of which, um, if you'd like to be on the show, we had posted something about it last week. But with it being a new year and a new schedule, um, you know, I've been lazy with the scheduling lately. But we uh, definitely like to have you on. And you can reach us two different ways. What would those be, Killer? Well, first way would be email. You can email us at coffinjocast at gmail.com or voicemail us, which is 661-434-5956. 661-434-KWJO. Also, you can also contact us through our Facebook page or directly on our Facebook pages. So, Yeah, well, speak. and I've, I've also, sorry, I've also heard tale that if you crack open an ice-cold Foster's, it shows uh, over Killa, now. Killa will appear, and um, kind of like uh, from in Star Wars when R2 was playing the picture or that little video, He'll come up and you can talk to him that way too. So if you guys just crack open a Foster's, you can mm. talk to him direct and get on the show. Is he like the Candyman? Kind of. <laughs> he comes up with a hook and kills you. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, do we have um, voicemails and emails? I, be- I know we've got an email here. No, we've got two voicemails. It's this funny. is going to be a little bit of a uh, meta situation. Oh, this is not the first you- time this has happened. <laughs> Voicemails from our third co-host. Okay, here comes the first one. Kayla, Joel, Justin from Portland. Just listening to the latest episode, I believe it's 46, maybe 
I I forgot. Sorry. Anyways, one Scott the pool boy on it, and I just want to call her and say, um, uh, thank you for making me almost wreck my vehicle with Scott's little comment about the Australian water slide. Uh, you know, a flight of stairs going up, and then another flight of stairs going down. <laughs> that that just I don't know why, but that tickled my funny bone, and I was laughing pretty hard. Couldn't see through the tears that were streaming out of my eyes. So uh, yeah, good on you. Okay, so there's a public service announcement for you. Do not listen to our show while driving a car. Well, you know, we're glad you're safe, but at the same time, we're glad that uh, that was the effect, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's see what else you had to say there, Justin. <laughs> They do that part, and then they brew it with sweat from men that were, you know, like Greco-Roman wrestling. Then that's pretty manly. That, that is very true. But I, uh, yeah, I almost like I literally like threw up a little bit in my mouth when I heard that somebody was taking yeast from their beard and making a beer out of it, and they were going to sell it. I'm like, that's just that's fucking nasty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that healthy? I mean, I just got to imagine there's got to be some sort of like, you know, FDA something cracking down on that i mean maybe but then again i think you could probably say it's like organic and so you know it's 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 very natural that's for goddamn sure (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't mean i want to put it in my face though that's what she said right i mean if i wanted to have you know beard down my throat i'd never mind um (laughs) yeah so we've got an email uh we've got an email from our uh sister from across the dutch ditch mickey Across the ditch, sitting on her dick. Um, you know, when you say that, it actually, anymore when I hear the word dick, I always think of the actual, I think of deck, and I think I'm just doing a really good New Zealand accent. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to go sit on your dick. You know, I just feel like I'm doing a really good accent. So, all right. So Nikki, she says, since you guys can't understand when I call, I will email this since it might be long and confusing. That's what she said. But feel free to try and read it out in a Kiwi accent. I love chippy sandwiches. I can't do it. Um, bread, layers of chippies and tomato sauce, then another slice of bread, or if you're feeling adventurous, on a bread roll. Any flavor is usually fine, but my favorite is chicken. And yes, add chippies in any other type of sandwich or roll for some crunchy goodness. Yum. Nikki from New Zealand. So when she says chippies, I assume she means Crisp. potato chips? Yeah, potato crisps. Some type of chip, whether yeah, it's wait. chippy or... Yeah. And you guys have chicken-flavored potato crisps? Yes, we have chicken, we have barbecue, we have salt and vinegar, we have all sorts. We have oh. honey. Oh, the kettle chips are the best. They have honey soy. Oh, God, now I'm getting hungry. No, <laughs> no I, I, I can get down with the honey soy kettle chips, but 
I, I, then again, I guess we can't talk. We definitely have chicken and a biscuit over here, so it's kind of the same Yeah, thing we have chicken and a biscuit stuff here as well. Well, and Lace had the comp- cut the last Lace competition last year. They had the chicken and waffles chips, which I and was that was fucking of. foul. Did you try those? I loved them. I bought them as much oh. as I could. <laughs> oh, dude. The, well, next time if I find any, I'll make sure to send them your way. Because goddamn. <laughs> yeah, well, they lost. So we've had those sort of competitions down here. You know, Bill Jane flavor. You know, and they they pick four, and then they they release. A, you know, every four weeks they release release them and then you've got to vote and and if you win we'll release them for a limited edition pack and so you had like wallaby and wasabi oh, I can't sort of oh, they had some weird ones i tried some of them I'm like yeah um they did do a gravy chip once no drop bear and dingo though no no, no. Oh. it'd be probably well, like kangaroo or, or maybe crocodile this last year the one that won was wasabi and ginger, which I like ginger. I'm not a fan of wasabi, but I ate them, and they were all right. So but I. the one that won this year was that one, but they also had a cappuccino one. Ooh, and I could not bring myself to try it, honestly. I, 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 I did. It. I, I did. And I, I, I am not a better person for it. Um, I actually kind of regret that decision. I mean, it was it was the foulest thing I have ever tasted. It was so wrong. Um and I've tried some pretty nasty shit over the years, but that kind of takes the cake. And it was just, ugh, I, I couldn't do it. But I, I do have a question. She said, it, um, you said she called them chippy sandwiches, right? Chippies, yep. Chippies. Okay, and with tomato uh, sauce? Chippy, yeah. That was one okay, of the things so, she so talked about. Explain this to me, Killa. How does this, so it's it's just bread, some like tomato sauce on on the bread with chips, and that's your sandwich? Yep, buttered bread. Okay. You butter the bread, throw on with your favorite uh, style of chips. I, I always like plain, and then you add a sauce to it. So, tomato sauce. Got it. Yeah, that was my favorite thing growing up as a kid. Just get a pack of chips out, put them on some bread. I usually just have just plain chips and nothing added. But as I got got older, you know, experiment. You know, maybe a bit of barbecue sauce, maybe a bit of tomato. Uh, and as she said, you're like, if you get a ham sandwich, throw some chips on there with it as well. And it gives it that extra crunch and that the mixture of the flavors. And oh god. No, I, I've done the chips for lunch. The, yeah, I've, I've done the chips and the ham sandwich thing. That's fine. I just never heard of like a, a, a chip sandwich. It's like a carbohydrate overload, if you ask me. But I mean, I, I just I never heard of it before, so I was curious. Yeah, I live on I live on carbs, but I am a skinny man, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I was gonna say have, you're like what sixty five pounds wet. I don't know. Yeah, he has, um, to, he has 65 to kilograms. You can do the conversion on 65 kilograms, but that's what I weigh, 65K. <laughs> kilograms. Get it? Kilograms. Well, actually, that's what I'm going to start calling them. All right, we can do that. I, I can guarantee you that Joel can't do math because um, the last time we had him on our show, the whole two-hour time delay was – that was way too rough for him to figure out. <laughs> one, 143 pound. All right. He's right. 143 pounds is what I weigh. How much? One forty-three. Jesus, I love this guy. And you're how tall? Six what? Six one. Yeah. See, like I said, you have to run around the shower just to get wet. Yeah, I know. It's the best thing when it's raining. I don't get wet. We just dodge the rain, bullet, the rain, rain bullets, rain drops. The rain bullets. <laughs> well, they are sometimes. I well, guess you know, that, in Australia. That, yeah, that would actually make life a lot more interesting if it was rain bullets. <laughs> you need a bulletproof umbrella. <laughs> Every day's a video game, <laughs> right? Today, 10,000 10, people were, di- were... Well, I can't talk. I'm going to stop. 
<laughs> you can't talk okay. and you can't do math. We just can't was, be here. And he pretty. can't ride a bicycle either, but we're not going to hold that against him. <laughs> Never going to live it down. One of these days, it's going to happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there on a bike with training wheels, perhaps, and I'm gonna make a go of it somehow. That's all your own fault. You admitted not being able to bi- ride a bicycle. You could have just kept that quiet. No one would have known. And yeah, no, you wouldn't cop shit it for myself. it. <laughs> I brought it on myself. Oh well, no, I, I can't walk downstairs. So legit. Uh, all right. You also can't go down water slides either. Well, <laughs> I actually went back there. I was there, back there on Friday and went down the water slide again. Did not hit my head that time. I survived. I will little, survive. Little victories. Yep. One tiny step for killer. One giant leap for not breaking necks. Um, I think we need to get a uh, petition started, though, on on whatever that petition site is to change it to kilograms for Australian conversion rate. <laughs> I do. So change.org then. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Thanks, Obama. Or is it kilo you know, or kilo? There's no, kilo. Kilo. Yeah, but the, origin, the proper term. There's always oh, a debate. Kilo. Yeah, do you say kilo, kilo or kilo? Because there's a debate uh, over, about kilometers. Do you say kilometers or kilometers? Uh, well, over here, it's it's really weird because I've heard it like if you're referring to like um, cocaine, it's kilos of cocaine. Um, but if they're talking about distance, they tend to say kilometers. Like, so we completely mash the <laughs> the entire pronunciation up. And because we're Australian, we even shorten that. We call them Ks. You're on ten Ks an hour. Ten thousand an hour. Ten Ks an hour. Ten kilometers yeah. an hour, which would be about three miles an hour. Well, I think Joel, that's the ten K here is a thousand because kilo is a thousand. Mm-hmm. See. So you can't do math, man. You just suck yeah. at that. All right. How I many, don't know. I, how many kilograms does me. the Sydney Harbour Bridge weigh? Uh, 19. <laughs> we would actually call it in tons, but I don't even know that answer. So I don't know. Killer taught me last week how to uh, crush aluminum cans. Al- aluminum. Dude, I have to say, that is an interesting pronunciation for aluminum. It's al- Aluminum. <laughs> it's hard to you say. sound you sound like the Nemo from Finding Nemo when you're trying to say an enemy an enemy yeah I've got plenty of enemies I've got lots of enemies my brother's my enemy people who ride the bus oh god don't go there Joel sorry I've had a bad week on them oh god I swear they just give they have to buy their own tickets. Some of them don't buy tickets. They sneak on the bus. But uh, the mm, yes, I don't want to say anything because uh, I will get into trouble for calling people certain words. Right. Moving on. Let's start with R E T A R. I'll leave it there. He's still going. Yeah, I know. Uh, you come around the buses I... with me one day. Oh, I like that. Mm, you want to ride my bus or my didgeridoo? Right, got that out of the way for the show. I'd rather ride your bus, but you know that's only fair. Ah, uh? eh? uh? <laughs> it's only fair. Yes, <laughs> we got it, Joel. Don't worry. <laughs> if you explain the joke, that makes it funnier. That's what I always have believed, even though it's not. <laughs> so, oh uh, god. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, move. Did you have notes this week that I hear? 
me. Was there legitimate notes? Nah, I was trying to write notes. Uh, sort of got a couple down. And as I said, I usually think of everything on the bus on the way to work and then like get home. And I'm like, what was that I was thinking of? It just, it's just like yeah. key points. I just want to keep remembering. What, what I started doing with that is it actually happens a lot to me as well, too, when I'm at work or, or whatever. So I've, I've been, I've got a little note app that comes in the iPhone. So I just, I've been using that and I'll jot things down in it. And I just double check it before the show starts and go from there. Yeah, well, that's what Joel told me to do. And even my mate Hudson yesterday when I was talking to him, he goes, why don't you use the iPhone? I'm like, nah, because I've got, I'm bad at typing on a silly little keyboard on the phone. I always mistype. By the time I typed out what I wanted to do, it would be 10 minutes and I'd have the shits by the end. So I'd rather have like a little notepad where I can just quickly jot down a, a base idea and go, all right, then I can remember. That's what I was thinking of at that point. So, I'd See, that's what I used to do like before phones were what they are now. Um, I used to always carry a, a notepad with me and I've got a bunch of them behind me that are full of all kinds of different things. And, and my ideas come to me uh, either at work or when I'm driving usually. So... I used to carry a notepad. Now I've got the foam, but I really to go back to carrying a notepad because I, I actually jotted things down. Then it would go in and check off. And with my phone, it like disappears into like thin air. I, I mean, I know it's there, but I don't I don't remember it. Yeah. And then I'll find it like several weeks later. And uh, so by then yeah, it's too I late. I recommend a notepad. Yeah. But yeah. It's easier for me to write down something than to pull out the phone out of my pocket at work, stop what I'm doing when I could just have a notepad next to my, on my bench and go, all right, dot you know, whatever, you know, drop bears mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. So, as I said, in my old job, I used to have, like, pad, like, just scrap bits of paper sitting on my bench for, you know, reasons for the work, and I could easily just quickly write down a note, whack in my back pocket, so when I got home, I'd pull out all these bits of paper and write, okay, this is the idea I had at work. But, yeah, I don't want to be stopping work every five minutes because I've got an idea, you know, <laughs> then no one will get their <laughs> coffins. That's very true. I um I remember one time I I don't remember what what the occasion was but I was getting pretty drunk on uh, for a party or something like that and I, I, what I thought was a brilliant idea came up and I pulled out my iPhone and I typed out and I I do remember taking the time and effort to type out this you know long detailed note about like what it was and the setup for it and everything I wanted to do on the show um and then when I sobered up the next morning and got up and I went back to check out the note to look at and see what because I remember I remembered that I had had this awesome idea I'm like well fuck I'm gonna check it out. And I pull up the notepad, and between my my giant thumbs and my inability to type when I'm drunk and autocorrect, it literally just came out like, and I couldn't, you know, I, I had no idea what the fuck I was trying to say. So I had this like wonderful epiphany, or so I thought when I was drunk, but I, I, to this day, I don't know what it was, because it was just this bunch of scrambled letters. I needed like the uh, the little orphan Annie decoder ring from Christmas Story to figure it out. <laughs> uh <coughs> that sounds like that episode of Seinfeld where um, he's wakes up and or he's watching that movie and he sees something funny and he writes it down and then he can't read his handwriting so he's showing it to everybody to try and figure out what it is and then when he finally sees the the movie again he realizes wait why is that funny like <laughs> yeah and I'll do that sometimes like and I'm sure you probably have all experiences too but like right as I lay down to go to bed there's that period between when I lay down and when I actually go to sleep where I'm just sitting there and my brain is like all right screw you you're not going to bed yet. And it'll start going off onto all these different tangents. And I'll get these great ideas. And I used to have a notepad next to the bed. And I'd jot them down even in the dark. And I'll have these crazy scribbles that I'd have to read the next day. But my handwriting's so terrible, it's not a big deal. But um, 
sometimes I'll get great ideas there and I'll have to literally get up and go write them down because I don't want to forget them. Well, um, what you could do is you could get a Sharpie and you could attach like one of those little mini flashlights to it. And then either you could use your skin or your wife's skin, depending on what works best for you as a canvas and just start taking notes. And um, it, it could be kind of like that Doctor Who episode where they were trying to count the number of the, the that whatever that creature was that was trying to get silence. The silence. There you go. Thank you. See, I'm not nearly as nice of a Doctor Who nerd as you are. So <laughs> I mean, I joined the show, but I just don't, you know, details like that. I don't quite remember it. But you and my wife both. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, we we've definitely found that we're somehow related and somewhere along the line. I don't know how yeah. far back it goes, but it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, do you guys have that same problem? Like you go to lay down and go to sleep and like all of a sudden your brain is like, okay, it's time to start going through everything you haven't thought about today all at once. Yep, definitely. Happens to me all the time. Uh, promise not to hate me. I I am one of those people that um as soon as my head hits the pillow, it's it's like somebody hits a button and I just I pass the fuck out. I mean it's it's done. The only time I've ever actually had hard times falling asleep is when I'm sick. Otherwise, I'm so usually worn out by the end of the day that I'm just like, fuck it, I'm out. And, you know, I hit the pillow. And even there's times where the wife's been talking to me and she gets pissed off because she's, you know, have she thinks she's having a conversation with me and I start snoring. Wow. See, they say you should be, I think the, the scientific thing that I've read is that within eight minutes you should be asleep, something like that. Like that's like the, the standard time frame for most people, I think. But... I can't even imagine like it's not every night that I sit there and lay awake for long periods of time, but there's always at least probably within that window, I'd say 10 minutes, 15 minutes that it takes me to kind of shut my brain down enough to go to sleep. Well, yeah, no, I, I usually am. I, but then again, I have a little routine at night that I put myself through that I think maybe helps me with that. But I've always got the same. I always do the same few steps every night. You know, I, I turn off. I've got, I've got a nice fish tank here, so I get them taken care of, get them shut down, and have their little night light. As it's you know, there, there's a light that you use that kind of simulates moonlight through the water. Turn right. that on. Check all the doors, get it locked up, brush my teeth, so on and so forth, crawl into bed. Masturbation, excuse me. Yeah, it's all that or sometimes, you know, the wife, you know, <laughs> takes care of things. And then uh, <laughs> after that, she goes over, rolls over to read her Kindle and I roll over and go to sleep. And as long as I keep that routine going every night, I'm, I mean, literally, I, I, I remember laying down and hitting the pillow and then that's it. I'm out. No, I have the problem, like, I, I think I'm, st like, still awake, my brain's still working, and then when I, I realise I'm in between that point of being awake and asleep, but my brain is still going, yeah. and uh -huh. then and then you something will trigger your brain, like, really, you know, you'll think of something, and I'll wake up suddenly and realise, hang on, I was asleep, but my brain hadn't shut down yet, so I'm in that midpoint, like in, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's it's weird, I can still be, like, sleeping in a sense but still conscious enough to know what my brain's thinking about right so so in other words i'm not really sleeping so i'm not getting the best sleep I, i've had that happen for like three hours before i'm really just out cold before i can remember you know being asleep so have you ever taken uh pms before i don't do it very often but i have and it's a weird feeling like, especially if i take it before i lay down like it'll kick in and then by the time i brush my teeth and get into bed like it'll either put me out within a, a little, you know, about the same amount of time as I normally would under regular circumstances, or I'll get past the actual point where the medicine is or the PM is effective and all of a sudden I'm wide awake again. So it's like, it's like there's no happy medium. And I suppose you're supposed to take it and lay down and then go to sleep and then it keeps you to sleep, but I don't know. 
You I don't like, like that though. It makes me feel funky the next morning. Yeah, sleeping tablets you're talking about. Yeah, like Tylenol PM or Advil right. PM. Oh, or, no, yeah, well, not doc- like melatonin, but no, we got we've got some sp- prescription stuff here. Um, yeah, I, I I was taking them back when I had the broken neck too as well, just because I couldn't sleep and. Um, that didn't bother me so much because I didn't have to get up the next day to go to work. But yeah, I've taken them and then I won't take them if I've got to go to work the next day because it, it's still, you know, you feel off the next day. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, Donna's got some at the moment and I took one the other week on a Friday night and it was the best sleep I had in like weeks. So, but yeah, I refuse well, to take them before I go to work because you just feel so funky the next morning. You just can't seem to get, get move. you know, you can get moving, but you know, your brain's still not kicking into the way it should be to get ready for work and get into work. So it makes my mouth taste funny. Like I have this like weird, like metallic aftertaste. It's messed that, up. That, that's not the medicine Joel. That's just all the funky things that have happened to your mouth when you were passed out. And you couldn't, <laughs> didn't know about it. Killa actually flew over, did his business and then flew back and you just weren't aware of it. <laughs> Killa. <laughs> I deny all knowledge of this. <laughs> uh, if it if it makes you feel any better though on the on the flip side i have a hard time that if anytime after about two thirty three o'clock in the morning if i get woken up enough that i'm like alert and i know what's going on i'm pretty much up the rest of the day i can't get back to sleep so it, it's it was always just the worst shit show for me when the kids were really young because you know with an infant you're up at all sorts of odd times oh yeah and any time if they would wake up and wake me up enough after that three o'clock marker, I'd be up from that point forward. So I'd get up and, you know, quietly do the dishes or do some cleaning around the house and then get myself ready for work and then be a zombie at work for the rest of the day. But I just didn't matter. I could lay down and I would physically be laying down. But th- th- at that point, I couldn't fall back asleep. So I guess I could kind of know what that experience is like. But it's only if it happens after that little bewitching hour at about 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I have- And I just said a.m. in the morning. My, I'm sorry. My apologies. Yeah, I have the same thing happen. If I wake up at 3 a.m., I look at the, the alarm clock, look at the clock and go, oh, shit, I've got two hours before I've got to get up. And then in my mind, all I'm thinking about is two hours, two hours, you know, and then mm-hmm. look, half mm-hmm. hour and a half to go. And and then I get to the point where if I fall back to sleep now, I'm going to be dead asleep, sleep through the alarm. So my mind keeps keeping me awake. Then the alarm goes off and then I lay there and all I want to do is go back to sleep because I haven't slept for the last two hours. So... Yeah, I have that happen all the time where I'm, I'm like, from 3 o'clock onwards, if I wake up and see the clock, and then like, oh shit, I've only got two hours left, you know, before I have to get up and and then have the, oh, in my brain, I know what it is, it's like, oh, if I fall asleep now, I'll go back into deep sleep, won't hear the alarm, then I'll be late for work, and then, so you get in that panic mode where you're trying to keep yourself awake so you can hear the alarm, which is stupid because that's the whole point of the alarm, to wake you up, not keep you awake. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, thankfully, with my father being in the military, um, he was very much one of those. If we had, like, let's say we had some sort of family function going on on Saturday, he'd be like, I want you up by this time, ready to roll up the door by this time. You know, if you're not ready to go, I'm going to leave your ass. And no joke, I, I made the mistake one time, I'm not setting an alarm. And he came down about five minutes before they were ready to go. He's like, If you're not out the door in five minutes, we're out of here and you're stuck. And by the way, if you're stuck here, you've got, uh, there's all this shit that needs to be done around the house and it's going to fall on you. Um, so I scrambled and was ready to go and out the door in five minutes flat. But then the rest of the day, I was just kind of like, I, I spent the first hour, hour and a half that we were out doing what we were doing to wake up. So, um, I don't sleep through alarms. The second an alarm goes off, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm ping awake. I'm up, I'm wa- walking, I get out of bed, start moving, get to the shower, the whole nine. So I've, you know, love hate relationship with my dad's military career. I hate it when I was a teenager, but it's coming very beneficial now. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a terrible morning person. Like I, 
Yeah, I'm notorious for being <laughs> terrible in the morning. So when I get up, I'm like half there until I get to work. And then when I'm, once I'm at work, I get into the groove. Everything's good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. But as soon as I stop doing whatever I'm doing at work or like two, three, four o'clock rolls around, all of a sudden, especially if I'm at home on the weekend, I get like super ass tired and I don't nap. I hate the way it makes me feel. So I'll get just completely lost. And then somewhere around like seven, eight, nine, things will start to shift. And right around like 11, 12, one, two o'clock in the morning, I'm I'm good to go. Like that's my peak hours. Like I can I'm wide awake and ready to stay up until six. You know, I mean, it's just it. Uh, and then college, that that was how I lived my life. But, you know. In the real world, you can't do that unless you work third shift or whatever. And I yeah. don't. So, but I'm well, but that, that, that makes me feel less um, assholeish for having you on as a guest with our our show. I always feel bad being on the West Coast. We're like, we, and having so many people that are on the East Coast, it's, I always feel bad because it's like they're two to three hours ahead of us. And we don't usually record till nine o'clock at night. And then, I'm like, I always like, I, yeah, I'd love to have you on my show, but there's no realistic way for me to normally record unless we do it at this time. But now that I know that you're wide awake and ready to go at that time, fuck it, you're going to be a regular. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a fifth show. Um, no, but I am. I mean, like, people will be like, uh, it's like nine o'clock. They're like, is, am I bothering you? Is it too late? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm up till 12 on average anyway. And on the weekends, it's, I'd like to stay up till three if I can. But sometimes, you know, stuff is going on in the morning and I don't have a choice. But, it's 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 a bad thing, but at the same time, like right around two o'clock, when it's completely dark out, it's quiet. The rest of the world is kind of asleep. I mean, everything just starts firing on all cylinders, and that's when I get really like creative or into what I'm watching or doing. And it just it's, I love it, man. If I could if I could just exist in that time all the time, it'd be awesome. But well, shit, I think I just thought of a new segment for our show. Then it's maybe we'll just call it "Is Joel Awake?" and we'll randomly try calling you. <laughs> And if you answer, you're on. And if not, okay, you know, next time. <laughs> well, when I was in college, they had a game they used to play. Um, and there, you know, you had to be responsible to get the classes, although I wasn't. But they played Let's Keep Joel Awake. And if I started to get tired at any point, they'd be like, uh, my Josh, Pat, and Mike would be like, it's time to play a rousing game of Let's Keep Joel Awake. And they would <laughs> do whatever they could to keep me from wanting to go to bed. And uh, it got to be really goddamn annoying. <laughs> What are friends for, right? Right? Those guys. <laughs> anyway, what about you guys? Are you morning people or evening no. people? I, I was actually going to bring up the fact that, once again, you are exactly like my wife. She is not a morning person to save her life, and I am. Um, and actually, I, I kind of always phrase it, I'm at any time of the day person because my dad was in the military. and there, I, you Basically, you were ready to go at a moment's notice. If the alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I'm up, I'm rolling, I'm moving, ready to go. Um, so, yeah, mornings, I'm actually, I'm always the first person up. I normally will try to knock out a couple things that I can't do when the kids are awake or when the wife is awake. And then I'll start breakfast, you know, and cook that. And then by the time I get to, like, the bacon or the sausage, the smells will get everybody else, except for the wife, moving. Um, and then finally, at some point, I, I, I unleash the kids onto her. I'm like, okay, mommy needs to get up now. So go in there and, you know, give her kisses and give her loves and snuggles. And they go in there and jump all over her and wake her up. And she doesn't always appreciate it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> to you, maybe. Probably not to her. <laughs> exactly. No, I wasn't saying it was funny for her. I was saying it was funny for me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Killa? No, definitely not a morning person. I hate getting up every weekday. And I do it because I have to and all that. And 
I just want to, like, when I get up during the week, I, like, I've got about half an hour, 50 minutes, I get myself to, you know, get up, get dressed, I like to sit down and watch the morning news and wake up to that sort of thing, and then, you know, before I know it, it's 5.30, I've got to walk out the door to the bus stop, and so I'm not a morning person, and it really annoys me, like, during the weekdays, if Donna's up at that time, because usually she's not because of her shift work and what whatnot, and she starts talking to me, and I'm just like, don't speak to me, it's morning, just let me wake up. <laughs> and the same thing happens on the weekends, like, I'm, I've become pretty lazy on the weekends these days, I sleep in, and... um so I get up like on a Saturday morning and she's straight on to me, what are we doing today? What? I'm like, just leave me alone, give me half an hour, let me get get me a cigarette in me, let me have some orange juice, uh, and once again turn on the TV to watch the news, you know, uh, check my Facebook, and and the worst part is the Sunday mornings, it's like I get up, trying to wake up the same way and like get my head and ready for the show, and she's always on, oh, can you get down the shops and do this for me? And I'm like, it's morning, I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to get my head straight so I can go do the show. So, yeah, definitely not a morning person. I so would, you don't drink coffee, though, so how do you wake up? Uh, orange juice, um, a, a baseball bat to the head, I don't know. I, I just slowly wake up. <laughs> so there's no stimulant of any kind other no, than a cigarette? No, I, I stopped drinking those energy drinks because they're not good for you. So I used to drink, like, well, Red Bulls or whatever one you want to call it, you know, V is the one we got down here, but, yeah, no. It's just a slow process of waking up. Um, yeah, actually, when you said the the leave me alone woman and the way you were talking to your missus about that, it actually I flash back. I don't know if anybody else remember remembers the old Looney Tunes cartoon that had the bulldog and the little like yappy yep. bastard dog Chester and Spike. Yep, Chester and, and the little ones always hopping around. What are we gonna do today? What are we gonna do today? And then the bulldog backhands her. It's like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. See, I don't a bit like that for oh, me. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say a bit like that for me. Just leave me alone. Give me half an hour. Give me maybe an hour. Just let me wake up. I See, I remember like uh, when I worked at the blood bank um, and I worked there for quite a while. I mean, I went and I worked different departments over the several years I was there. I kept moving around. And um, one of the departments I worked, you know, they went out. They We got we were in the um, they call it now the component lab. So as soon as all the blood came back from the drives, it would it bring it downstairs. We'd sort it. We'd we'd spin it down. We'd separate it into products and start to get it up to distribution and get out to the hospitals after testing. So you know you figure the blood drives go until work stops with places, which would be five six o'clock, and then it has to drive back. And then when it gets there, it has to be processed. So it was a late shift. So I used to. I mean, we didn't get off till eleven, twelve, one o'clock sometimes, and that was perfect for me because. You know, I've got all these other people that are they're all night people and we're listening to music and we're, you know, it's loud and there's no nobody else around. So when you go up to go on your break, I mean, the entire place is dark and quiet and you go have your break in a in a quiet break room with whoever else you're working with. And it was awesome. And, you know, you work late at night. So everybody's coming. It's like, you know, we're going home for the night. Have a good night. And I mean, it's like you ran the place, even though you didn't. And plus, I was, you know, firing on all cylinders because I, that's when I like to be up anyway. So. If I could go back to that, I would. But you know, when you have kids, you, the prime time for them is normal hours, so you miss all the stuff that's going on if you work those those shifts. But I miss that. That was always a good time. Yeah, personally. <laughs> yeah, and I am. Um, I actually I pulled. A, I used to teach college age uh, computer repair courses. 
Um, and for a while there, we had a, one of the teachers quit, and so we had to pull double shifts. So I would get up at, I don't know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, get up, go to work, teach the day class, go home, take a quick nap, um, which I hate naps. I'm a, I'm a lot like usual. I just don't like the way they make me feel. Um, but I, I had to to survive. Um, and then I'd go back and teach the evening class, and the same thing. We'd get out of the building by about 11, 11.30 at night. And you, you're right, the night, the whole, being in an office environment or in a building like that at night when they've got, like, the janitors rolling around, and it's just a completely, totally different experience, and it's kind of cool. And uh, I, I know, I just kind of, I, I was like, that brought me back to that place when you were talking about that feeling you get when you kind of have run of the whole building, but you really don't. It's a good feeling. And that actually, that's, that's one of the RS for random questions I'm just looking at there was about, have you ever worked second or third shift? So, I mean, I, for me personally, yes, I mean, I have, and I, I kind of miss it. So that you're saying you have done that too then, Justin? Yeah, I, well, I, it was it was a bitch. I've worked um, I've worked second or third shift, but then I've also there was that one period that period of time where I was working the the first and second shift or third shift, whatever you want to call it, um, and so the, it made my I, I would average maybe four to six hours, four to five hours of sleep a night, um, and then get up, do the day stuff, take another one to two hour nap in the afternoon, then go back to work again, and I did that for like eight months. It was it was pretty. I was wrecked by the end of it, but what about you, Killer? No, never worked any. Only well, shifts I worked was with McDonald's. But yeah, since I've been full time work, no, everything's been like a. Well, I call it a nine to five job, but it's not nine to five. It's like you know, six to three or seven to three. You know that sort of those sort of hours. Yeah, including overtime sometimes. You know, maybe seven to four, seven to five, seven to well, seven to nine o'clock. When I used to work at the screen door factory, if we had big jobs on, I I was doing like 11, 12-hour days just to get the work done, which you may call that a second shift because I was sort of on a second shift after working all day. But, yeah, no, just the regular regular tradesman's hours sort of thing, not an office worker's hours. So. But I have started work at like 5 in the morning when I used to drive at the old coffin factory, get up at 4 and be at work and driving at, leaving the factory at 5, because I was on a big delivery, like a long delivery, you know, out, out, out back. And uh, so, but the good thing is that since I got back, I'd finished early. So, so even though I'm not a morning person, I'd rather like start really early and then finish early. And then I'm home by like two and then you've got the afternoon to yourself. So you still like got a full day, even though you've worked, you still feel like you've got a, you know, a full day of, you know, you can get your own stuff done. Where I'm at the moment, no, because it takes me so long to travel. Uh, I'm up at, I leave here at five thirty. I start at seven, and I'm back here at four o'clock in the afternoon. So, See, I can't imagine. I, it seems to me like a coffin factory would have an overnight shift for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe Not if, just because of what you're doing, but just the, the uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, some of the bigger ones. Are, but we're we're small. I've told you the numbers of the people that work there. Like right. At the moment, right. there's only going to be three people. Not including the manager working this week, because two's on holidays and one's chopped his finger off. So, oh, well, we didn't mention this on the show, but I'll, 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 I'll mention <laughs> but it. Not one at the job. One, no, not at the job. One of the guys that's working with us. He's the he does the trimming. He puts the plastic liner in and then puts the like fabric inside the box. That's his main job. Also helping me load the the vans and um, whatever little work needs to be done around the the factory. But uh, yeah, I found out yesterday that. Um, 
Friday afternoon he was at home doing some of his own work and uh, chopped his thumb off. And I don't know if that means he actually chopped his thumb off or he's cut his thumb, but he's off for six weeks. And this is right at the time where we've got two people on holidays, so that's three people missing and it's leaving two people on the factory floor, one person in the spray booth, my mate, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week for me because this week's been interesting because the foreman's away, he's one of the people away. And I've been foreman, because I'm the foreman's, foreman's right. I'm the right-hand man to the foreman. I'll say it that way. It's yes. better. And um, <laughs> so when he's not there, I'm, I'm foreman. So I've had a very hectic week this week. And it's just going to get worse this week, because I know we've got an order to uh, finish off tomorrow, and it needs to be lined. So guess who's going to have to do that job? Me. You. Yes. And then I'm going to have to load the van with the other guy that's left there who doesn't normally load vans. Um, so... He's not going to be happy to have to help me, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, nah. Try not to think about it. I don't think about work too much till I get to work, but yeah. That's Looking good. forward to a hectic week again this week, so doesn't matter. I've got holidays in three weeks, so I've got two weeks off from Australia Day, which is the 26th of this month, or Invasion Day, if you want to call it that way, if you're Aboriginal, which I am. Um, but yeah, I've got two weeks off for the last week of January and the first week of February, so... I've just got to get work through this week, and then the foreman's back for a week, and then I'm off. So, Just got to keep pushing forward, Sarah. Yeah, always keep moving forward and watching out for those stairs, because they're bastards. By the way, <laughs> I think it's about that time. It's that time? I think so. Let's do it. Have we got a sounder for this yet? Hey, kids. It's time for the lovely Maybellina's R is for Random, brought to you by... Dr. Acula. No, I don't know. That's an old joke from another show. <laughs> and sports. And sports. Uh, we're just mixing in all the shows. Uh, Dr. Actor, Dr. Acula's Disguisatorium. Uh, yeah. So anyway, those are old commercials I used to do. So, yes, R is for random. All right. First question. Would you buy a flying car if it existed? Which they, they just have one that has been beta tested now by a guy and uh, if, you, if you look it up online I talked about it on my show last week I think it was but um, le- legit if they, if they had them out there like Back to the Future 2 kind of thing would you buy one? Of course why not? I don't think it would that, fly you all the way over here <laughs> no don't <laughs> yeah. have refueling stops on the way drop into New Zealand on the way and then Hawaii and then all the way to America could you imagine running out of gas at any type of altitude? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be my problem because how many times I've driven a car and like, oh, I can I can make it. It's on empty, but nah, she'll be right. She'll be right. I'll, I'll, you know, I can get another like 5K out of it. Uh-oh, side of the road. Um, <laughs> ring someone up. Um, I'm out of gas or petrol. And uh, yeah, I didn't think of that part, Justin. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't fly a flying car. <laughs> Drive a flying <laughs> Um, the way I look at it is I, I love the idea of the flying car and I think it's a great thing and I would love to have one, but I would have to say only if it means that I get one and nobody else does because I get, I have a hard enough time not getting road rage dealing with some of the shitheads that I drive with on the, my commute to work on right now. Cause I drive, um, damn near, but right around 42 miles one way. 
um, to get to work every day. Um, and there's this one stretch where people seem to think that you can park yourself in the left lane and do whatever your speed you want as long as it's not the speed limit. So as long as you're doing like, you know, five miles below the speed limit or even slower, then they go into the left lane and, and then they, they like to pace each other so that you can't get around them and actually do the speed limit. And then they honk at you if you try to like, you know, tell them they need to move by flashing your lights. So it's, yeah, if I could have the car just to myself and nobody else could fly a car and I could just fly my ass to work or wherever I needed to go and not have to deal with anybody else, no problem. You, but most of the drivers you have on the road today, if you had them up in the air, it would really be a shit show. They're supposed to stay in the left-hand lane. Oh, sorry. That's right. It's reverse over there. Oh, it's reverse over here. No, yeah. Over I know. Here, if, you're, if you've got a two-lane street, you're supposed to keep right yeah. except to pass, basically. Yeah, well, so. it's the opposite Well, opposite way to drive down here, but yet exact yeah. same thing happens here, mate. They, they're in the right-hand lane, you know. It's a three-lane freeway, and I'm just sitting down the right-hand lane, you know, doing less than the speed limit. And and if you undertake them and the copper sees you do it, you can get busted for it. It's like, well, he's yeah. illegally... You know, you're supposed to keep left unless overtaking down here. And I guess it's got to keep right unless overtaking over there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there, mate. I used to be out on the road all the time, delivering and, yeah, road rage. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking, too. If I could have a flying car and no one else, yeah. Otherwise, you know, just be cars falling out of the sky. So here's my <laughs> – and I think I talked about this in the show, and I, but now I almost want to do that voice for the entire time. The old Uncle Bal- uh, Uncle Bad Touches, Ball Beaver Bevan. Uh, no, but the, the the logistics behind it is a nightmare because not only do you have to have, you know, the air air traffic control involved. I mean, you have to have a whole other thing set up just for that, let alone the fuel yeah. issue. Because if you don't have a permanent fuel source, you're gonna have people dropping out of the sky. When, you know, exactly as you say about the, like the like flight control and all that. But the only reason it'll happen if we have self-driving cars first and then self-driving flying cars. So it's all automated, and uh, it won't take off unless you've got enough fuel. Sorry, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, and it's it's never going to happen. I mean, look at well, you've got to have a license down here to fly a drone, like you know these drones. That, I would hope so, because it's because they can go up as high into the air air traffic control area, sort of thing. I mean, you can buy your toy one that's not going to fly any higher than you know a certain height. Right. But yeah, these drones. The ones that the professionals use, you've got to be actually a pilot or have a pilot's license to to fly a drone. So, yeah, for a flying car, you're definitely going to have to be trained as a pilot as well as, you know, have a, a license to drive a car sort of thing. So it's a pipe dream, we know, but yeah. Even well, though- and it's been... It's been it's been uh, something that's been kicked around for as long as people have had cars. Yeah. I mean, if you go look at old issues of popular mechanics from the 50s, I mean, they predicted by around this time that we were going to have them. And I mean, just, you know, back to back to the future part two, mm-hmm. you know, by October of this year, we should have them all over the place. But I mean, first of all, getting people trained to be able to fly something, uh, dealing with all the issues that come with that, plus the fuel source, plus the logistics of, you know, having how do you set up lanes? How do you do all the. The other stuff. No, no, no hold on. I have to interrupt you there. I'm sorry, but you don't need lanes. Do you not remember the line from Back to the Future? Roads. Where we're going. We don't we need roads. roads. <laughs> well, my theory on this is we won't actually have flying cars in the sense that will fly in the sky. Cars will be like levitating cars in a, instead, if you know what I mean. They'll be, you know, they'll be like a foot off the ground or two feet off the ground. And that's the height they go. So there's no actual contact with the road. But that's probably your best you're going to get for a flying car, where it's just actually no uh, contact with the ground. 
but still driving or technically flying uh, two feet above the ground um, down a road because that's the only option I can see. Wow. Well, if that, sorry, go ahead, Joel. No, go, please. Right ahead. I was going to say, if that's the case, then you know what? I'll forego the flying car if I can get a fully functioning, um, easy to control hoverboard first. I'd much rather have a, you know, being somebody who used to skateboard in high school, I'd much rather see, and I know that Tony Hawk recently was on one, blah, 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 but I mean, like an actual fully functioning working one, I'd prefer that our research and development goes to that first before we hover the car. They're so. on their way. Um, the only problem with that hoverboard is it needs a specific thing underneath it. That's yeah. It's just like a mag lift train, that's all it is. Yep. Yep. Science today with Cough and Joe Cust. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's never going to be flying cars, I can tell you that. We've got I don't flying. Think so either. If you want to fly something, go get a helicopter license or a, a pilot's license. Yeah. I mean, not in the sense that 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 people predicted. No. They're they're. I mean, they've already designed. Like I said, there already is a flying car that is in testing right now. But the the way that it's built, the way that it looks, and probably the the whole thing of flying it. I mean, the cost prohibitive alone. Um, you know, they're just not going to allow it. They they may have some just for military purposes or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, just oh, Joe Schmo pulling out of his garage every morning to go to work. Yeah, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, number two. If you could start your own business, what would it be? This is easy for me. This is something I wanted to do, and this was before I went back into the coffins. I wanted to start a, a specialized coffin business where you I, I don't know if you've seen photos online of like these really special coffins, you know made into like oh, a VB can. There we go. Didn't say Foster's. Remember that? Um, yeah. You know, things like that, like specific coffins that, but it would only work for people that like are terminally ill who knew they were going to die because you'd need time to make it. It's like um, a full-on crafted coffin, if you know what I mean. It's not something you can slap together in like half a day. It's something that'll take a week to make or two weeks, you know. And... um Joel and his Skype texting me and interrupting the show. Sorry. Um, yeah, well, that was my plan. I thought about it, uh, how long ago? It's nearly 15 years ago since I quit the first well, first coffin jump. And I thought, oh. yeah, and I thought I could actually um, start a business and it would be very um, specific. And yes, the coffins would have to be expensive to cover the costs of everything, but, you know, make um, specially styled coffins, you know, in any shape you wanted, um, any style you wanted, you know. Uh, you know, if you your favourite cartoon character or whatever, and you shape the coffin like that or things like that, and it would have been a very um, a niche market. But, yeah, that was one idea I had for a business idea. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the funds to start that business, and um, I'd have to, like, research it and get in contact with like funeral directors and and do some work behind the scenes before I ever thought I'd do it but yeah that was a, an idea I had many years ago to do so but wouldn't you have to have like as a a sub a way to sustain yourself making regular coffins too as part of the yep that was sort of a a, a bit of a plan to like yeah make just make well I wouldn't call them regulars but something a bit more special than just your average coffin but yeah it'll be a high-end sort of thing it'll be like a luxury market sort of thing and uh and you could even do something like with like 
elderly people in they have prepaid funerals so you they could book you their coffin in like 10 years in advance if they wanted you know this is what i wanted you know right. can, can we make it up and we keep it stored and like i didn't go into the logistics of this business it was <laughs> just a night now sorry yeah but it's an idea and those what i just said though the thoughts that run from head so if if i knew i had like some funds behind me you know i win powerball you know not enough to retire on, but enough to like start a business with. Um, yeah, so that was that was the plan, or well, not the plan in the sense of plan doing, but that was my business idea. And that was not well, long up, you... not long Sorry. after finishing coffin making. I thought because we used to make a couple of special coffins for um, for um, children that died from cancer and whatnot, and they wanted a rainbow coffin, so we sprayed it up in rainbow colours, or you know. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the photos I've posted, but you can get you can actually buy them now. You can get them with your football team colours on them and and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, as I've mentioned, like just throw me in the cheapest box and throw me in the ground. But certain people would like to go out in you know in a little style. So, but yeah. yeah. Well, have you ever pitched the idea to like your boss and said, "Hey, I'll cut you in on this"? If oh no. No, 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 no way. Not John. John's the manager of the company. We're owned by a bigger company that owns like six oh. six coffee making companies around the country. So, yeah, no, it's it was a pie in the sky idea. I um, you know, just something popped in my head, and if I could do it, and it was not just for me as well. It's I'd love to actually, you know, certain people, you know, like if I'd say I don't want to get dark and deep but you know imagine a, a child you know you're 15 years old you know you're going to die when you think well at least i'm going to go out and something that i like you know right like spongebob square pants right i want to go in a spongebob square pants coffin don't know why that come to my head first i don't know <laughs> but no there's if you go online and google image coffins you'll there'll be you know the regulars but you'll get to see some really amazing coffins you know so anyway why are we talking sorry. about my job that I don't want to deal with till tomorrow? <laughs> sorry. I I don't know, but I think he may have just created the next god-awful um, MTV reality show, Pimp My Coffin. Yeah, well, we put in um, speakers and... Um, <laughs> Hydraulics. <laughs> and uh, bloody TV screens and... God. A wet bar. 42-inch <laughs> television in case you, uh, know, you want to watch uh, Beetlejuice when you're dead. And a computer and Wi-Fi, so you can announce on Facebook you're dead, and keep <laughs> updating to freak people out. The worms wow. are starting to eat me. We can't help it that that was your job idea. Sorry about that, but uh, you what asked the question, and it's that's truthful. That's what I thought about like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Just something popped my head. If I ever had a chance, I'd do it. So, what about you, Justin? Um, actually what I want to, and this is actually something that we're kind of working towards right now. Um, my wife is, um, is getting into the real estate industry and she's been doing it for about eight, nine months now. And our eventual goal is to have some investment properties where we have, you know, rentals, so on and so forth, as well as, um, house flipping, because I've got a good buddy of mine who is a contractor that can do all the, the dirty work as far as, you know, if there's any repairs that need, need to be made, so on and so forth. Um, and while I, I have, I'm, I'm very grounded in it though, too, knowing that it's a very wishy-washy industry to get into and you have to be careful. Yeah. You can't just go in there thinking you're going to make shit tons of money right off the bat. But at the same time, it's always something that's kind of really interested me. And if I can find out how, a way to make money off of it and then kind of 
you know, make that as kind of my legacy for my kids as well as far as having, you know, land and property and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what we're actually working towards actively right now. Well, see, here's a here's a funny twist of fate. Um, well, not necessarily funny, but my dad, uh, outside of being a part of the military and working for Uncle Sam, never worked uh, for anybody else other than himself his entire life. <clears throat> so once he got out of the military, he started doing everything for himself. And this is something that's going to come up on next week's 40 going on 14. But he had two main um, businesses. One was he owned uh, apartments and or houses and rented them. And then he uh, did gumball machines. So he would fill and man- maintain and manage gumball machines. So in the basement of our house, we had gumball machines that were being repaired, ones that were new that needed to be re- or ones that were old that needed to be replaced. There were boxes of gumballs down there constantly. So that was always part of my life growing up was seeing, you know, that <clears throat> being self-employed. And so whenever, you know, taxes were filled out, it always was, you know, what's your dad do? Well, he's self-employed. Um, and so as he's gotten older, his main source of income is flipping houses like he'll buy them he'll remodel them and then he'll either rent them or he'll rent them until somebody wants to buy them and then he'll flip them and put that into another house and just keep going and he's been doing it so long i mean that's second nature to him but i don't want to do it never could but um when i was younger when i was like probably high school age i had this weird dream and i don't know why i still haven't figured it out i always wanted to own a flower shop and i I, I can't explain it, but it's it's I don't know if it's come up on a show before, but it's it's something I've talked about many, many times to people. Um, but in 2003, 2002 through 2003, um, my brother approached me about opening a bar and grill and I some for some reason agreed. And so I owned my own business already and I owned it for a while and was I would say the nights that I worked, we were very successful the nights that he worked, we were very unsuccessful. Um, <laughs> and it drove me to very, very bad and dark places. So I legitimately can honestly say without hesitation that I will never own another business, nor will I ever invest in another business, nor will I ever support any other business other than working for somebody else. Um, because there's just it's too much of a logistical nightmare and as there's too much risk and I, I everything that I had saved that was uh, for the future is gone. <laughs> and so I will have to work infinity to be able to, you know, just enjoy the rest of my life because I made one dumb mistake. So I fully support other people's dreams because a lot of people make very big successes out of themselves and you can make a living. But for me, yeah, that was strange. All of a sudden you guys just blanked out. Yes, I mean, what, what, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Now I'm going to write down a time code. Jesus. <laughs> now I got to edit this shit. God damn it. <laughs> no, not as bad as I had to edit before. All right. All right. What were you saying, Joe? Do you I mean? don't know where. what's the last thing you heard, so. No, I don't know either. Well, last thing I heard was that you would never, ever own a business again because all the money you had saved was blown away and you don't have it saved anymore. Uh, yeah, and if I got into raw numbers, it would probably blow your mind, but... Um, I fully support other people who want to do it. I've seen other people be successful at it and make a living and support their families and some to greater degrees than others. But for me personally, it's not happening ever again, ever under any circumstance. So the end by Joel. <laughs> so on that note, you know who we have on next week? 
I don't know who we've got. Somebody's coming back, and I, I, back when he originally asked to come on, he had another story to tell. I don't know if it still is a thing, but J-Rob's coming back. Uh, can we guarantee it? Because I think we've asked him, well, it's been two times, hasn't it, since? I, I have confirmation, so I have faith. Unless he chops his thumb off at a saw on a Friday afternoon. He doesn't wear a helmet. <laughs> oh, good. Can't wait for J-Rob then. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> so, Justin, we hear you do a podcast. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, my wife and I co-host together a little show called The Bad Parenting Podcast. We re- try to record um, uh, every Saturday. We, we basically publish a show once a week unless you know the powers that be, i.e. our children, want to cause us problems instead, which is what happened last time. Um, but this week we'll have an episode out. Um, kind of chit-chat about parenting in general, various topics, and, and we like to have people on from time to time to talk to Um in fact, Joel, you brought up a uh, show idea for us that we're we're pushing pretty hard right now. And we're trying to get some more uh, feedback on it, but we're looking to have Joel back on in the future because you guys have both have obviously. Oh, did we lose you again? No, I'm here. Okay, I think we lost Killer. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, my my sorry, my mouthful of drink. All you said that. there for a second. Yeah. It sort of um, went weird. But yeah, but, yeah. We, we've had you both on before, and uh, we are actually looking at doing that show in the future where we're going to talk about um, things that either our parents influenced us to like or things that we're trying to influence our kids to like. But uh, yeah, so if you if you guys want to find us, we're available on all the normal, you know, the usual places. We've got a website. It's badparentingpodcast.com. If you search for us on Facebook, you'll find us there. If you search for us on Instagram, you'll find us there. Um, Twitter, you know, so on and so forth. Alrighty then. I hope everyone goes and checks your show out because it's a great show. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Well, I, I appreciate hearing that from you guys. Of course. You do a great job, mate. And so does Thank Jody. Um, let Jody know I said that as well, please. <laughs> All right, Joel. We know you've got a list of shows you can talk about. Let's hear about them. I'm just a little afraid with this internet connection. It's very wickety wonky. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, it's. Popper. Wiggity, wiggity, whack. It's some... <laughs> It's something like AM radio right now. <clears throat> it's coming through fine for me. All right. Well, as long as you got it all right there, then we're good. Um, yes, I do three other shows besides this one. Uh, the first one is called The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, KPANTS. It's my six song musical mixtape that I do where it's uh, music and musings every week, all by myself. Uh, this week is in progress. We'll put it that way. Um, but you can find that show on TalkShoe, Stitcher, iTunes, and other podcasting places if you look around. Uh, just do a Google search. I'm also on Facebook. Just do the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Like the page. And you can find me at Joel Happy Pants Hour. Uh, I do another show called 40 Going on 14 with Mike, Pat, and Josh. This last week we did a uh, face-off between The Last Dragon and The Man with the Iron Fists. And sports. Interesting show. What's that? And sports. And sports. It was a. It was quite an interesting show, and I. I'm very happy with the way it turned out. So that should be dropping tomorrow. Uh, you can find us on fortygo14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Talkshoe, Blueberry, the Musings of a Geek Network, Geek Life Radio, Saturdays at noon. Um, at fortygo14 on Twitter, Facebook. We've got our all kinds. We're everywhere. Um, and then last but not least, uh, that's a nostalgia show. We talk about things then and now. Um, and next week's show is going to be crazy. 
what was it? Oh, mm-hmm. and last but not least, obviously Oblivious, which has been on a obviously Oblivious hiatus for the past almost a month now due to various reasons. I'm supposed to be putting together a voicemail show. I haven't had time due to just life. So there may be one of those dropping, and then we're hoping to record a full show again on Monday because uh, the last show we recorded got corrupted, and Mike could not salvage any of the of the footage when we had Janice on talking about her fight with Blood Mountain. You know, she followed up her visit here. Yeah, well, still we've got the exclusive. <laughs> we do. Um, so hopefully there should be something in the feed here soon, but you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TalkShoe, and other podcasting places obviously blivies.com facebook and then there's all sorts of other contact points for that so yes very good and if you'd like to contact us you can email coffinjocast at gmail.com or call us a voicemail we love voicemails and you Yay. Can, we can we can do that or of course we could if we wanted to but you can do that by going to 661-434-5956 that would be 661-434-KWJO. And that's over. Oh, yeah. Also, we're on Facebook. Search Coffin Cast or The Coffin Cast is the actual Facebook name. Also, if you're not a Facebook friend, I don't know. I think Joel wouldn't mind you adding him. Uh, you can find me. Just type Killawar. Killawar. Yeah. That one. Um, All righty. Uh, we're going to leave you tonight with uh, an old band Baby Animals and it's called Early Warning so as it loads up on YouTube good night everyone good night
I'm a dirty, dirty boy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.